First of all, thanks very much. We even brought up, we have our own little audience here as well. Shout out to the audience. So, uh, so exactly. And um, I also want to thank you for joining us, but most importantly, I want to congratulate you um, on being this year's, this our, I guess five of our six collection of um, Comcast NBC Universal Leadership Award E's. Um, I said this last night, but uh, and I'll say it again tonight so you'll hear it more than once, but every year we've done this, we sort of say, how are we going to find six award winners who, who, who match the talent, the commitment, and the capacity of um, that year's winners? And I will just tell you that this year, um, again, unbelievable number of applications, and you have um, exceeded um, our very high expectations and what you've done with your lives um, post-city year is just unbelievably impressive. So I'm just going to start by saying that I, I, I said um, I said to Beth when, when I introduced myself and she introduced me, I really feel this way. I feel very small when I sit at the table with you because you've accomplished so much already at this stage of your career. And one of the many reasons why I love City Year um, is because when I get to interact with young people like you, I see the future of America. And uh, there are a lot of problems wrong in our country these days, but when I see young people like you, I feel incredibly optimistic about uh, what the future of our country is going to be. So I want to thank you. Thank you for your service. Congratulate you um, for your awards and sort of love. Um, can't wait to keep track of what you do. One of the advantages of being Comcast Leadership Award recipients is I actually get a memo every year on what you're doing. So I'll actually be, I'll actually be able to track what you're doing. No pressure. All the pressure. Uh, sort of a, a nice thing to be able to do. So before we start, why don't um, each of you just briefly introduce yourself, remind, uh, remind us when and where um, you served in, in Sitter Year and what you're doing now. So we'll... Yeah. Um, my name is Dan Foley. I'm the proud executive director of City Year Jacksonville. Uh, I started off with City Year as a core member in the Bronx, New York, in the 2008-2009 core. Uh, I served on a, in a program called Young Heroes, where we created a Saturday leadership and social justice experience for 100 middle schoolers in the South Bronx. Uh, it was a life-changing experience. Uh, because of that life-changing experience, I continue to serve as a team leader with City of New York the next year, 2009-2010, where I got to lead a team of uh, first-year members in their first year of service in our middle schools. It was the first year at City of New York where we were doing middle school, whole school, whole child. So I got to introduce City Year to an entire school of middle schoolers who, for the very first time, were receiving tutoring and mentoring from City Year members. It was awesome. Life-changing. Cool. Uh, Brent Holsinger, so I'm uh, an alum of City Year Boston in 0304. Um, from there, uh, worked six years for Citizen Schools, uh, working in the Boston Public Schools, um, helping kids stay on track for college and career, and then moved to Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is my hometown, which is where I currently reside, and was the program director for a series of 21st Century Community Learning Center grant programs. It was a partnership between Harrisonburg City Schools and James Madison University. Had built some programs up to sort of about 1,000 kids over three or four years. The last of those grants ended. And then we were at a crossroads in terms of either shutting all those programs down or starting a nonprofit. 
And so there's a small group of us that started a nonprofit called On the Road Collaborative to really continue that work of um, supporting underserved middle school youth in Harrisonburg City and helping them stay on track for college and career. I'm also a member of the Harrisonburg City School Board for the last two and a half years. I am Beth Marco Bath. I served in Chicago in the 2001-2002 core year. Um, where I also served on a heroes team, uh, which led me to stay with City Year on staff, recruiting core members for two years, and then transitioning into a program manager role where I led those heroes programs and then brought the high school version of the program to Chicago. Um, I then left and moved to Boston, actually, to do a master's in business at Boston University with a concentration in social impact, which brought me out to Los Angeles for a summer fellowship uh, where I worked with Los Angeles Unified School District to work on their um, big funding issue. Uh, really exciting stuff, uh, trying to uh, make sure that funding was uh, distributed more equitably ac- across 800 schools. Uh, and at that point, I worked on that for a couple years and then was really missing like the roots of why I wanted to work with youth and uh, was reconnected with one of my amazing city or colleagues who will be here later um, and he wanted me to help him start Big Citizen Hub. So over the last three years we've been working on this youth leadership development program which is modeled loosely after the HEROES program. And uh, we are now, over the last three years, we've served over 500 middle school and high school youth in Los Angeles on Saturdays, giving them the opportunity to address the social justice issues that they care about, meeting kids from over 60 zip codes across LA, which is huge. Um, And uh, it's just been such a pleasure to be able to provide that opportunity to the kids of LA. Um, Alex P.A. I served in uh, City of Greater Philadelphia. I'm just trying to recollect my years now. (laughs) (laughs) 2009. It's a sign of age. (laughs) (laughs) I just turned 30, so I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm hitting (laughs) somewhere. Don't you go there. Don't you go there. It's really really old. (laughs) I get that a lot. I get that a lot. We're just walking around campus and. Like new student, new, new stu- I mean, new. I don't know if they're applicants or new students. Worse, so somebody, Laura said, everyone looks so young. <laughs> look at, said for me, forget about the kids. The parents look so young. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't get there yet. Oh, I got a few years for that. <laughs> but um, so I did a uh, city of Philadelphia, 2009, 2010, again in 2010 and 2011. I'm in a city heroes program, so I know we talk a lot about the heroes. Table, so I'm like, ah, damn, that's what it was. Academy <laughs> trainings here, yes. Um, but um, so I was doing that with the high school students. I'm using social justice to issues to impact them to not just be service leaders in their communities, but for themselves as well. Um, and I still am involved with these kids' lives. Um, and so we're doing that for two years. Um, now, the reason why we were join- I joined City Years to start my own nonprofit called Rising Sons, which I started in college before I joined. Um, and so throughout the years, City Year actually gave me the training and the knowledge and skills that I needed to actually learn how to develop the nonprofit. And so I recently, Mubarak and I, I've just recently joined a, a fellowship called Echo and Green, which uh, gives seed funding to innovative ideas for social change. And it was so coincidentally, Mike Brown actually went to this fellowship in the 80s to actually launch City Year. So it's like, you know, I'm 
I know I'm going to write moves if, I, if I'm taking Mike Brown's footsteps. So um, we're, right now we're looking to launching a, a new organization called One's Up, uh, which means that you and I are one and we rise and fall together. And the whole point of the organization is using seven engagement to help young people um, uncover their talent and their skills, whether gain transferable job skills and transform their neighborhood. So we're hoping to launch that in 2018. So we're in a whole big fundraiser stage this whole year. Um, so we're just really welcome to have this as a part of the accomplishment. Um, it says a lot about where we started at and where we're headed. So we're really excited about this. Hello, Mubarak Lawrence. I do what he does. I also served uh, 2010. Uh, I served one year in the greater Philadelphia area. I wasn't with the Heroes program. I was put into a school. I sat with eighth graders all day. <laughs> I did after school programs and I loved it. And that's where we actually came up with the idea for the after school program, which uh, started with Rising Suns. And luckily, they allowed me to leave school on Mondays to go down to another city or school to work with the high school students. And we had those high school students mentor the young kids. And that was the first glimpse of our pipeline method of peer to peer mentor, but also peer to younger uh, mentors. So I also um, am a recipient of a better chance. Um, I went to a Radnor High School, so I now serve on the board for that program as well. And I also do neighborhood um, mobilizing um, through the city of Philadelphia, through the NAT contract in South Philadelphia, along with the many duties as operations um, manager for the organization um, as far as you know pitching and training of our staff. So City Year has definitely helped me along the way because originally I wasn't going to do it. This guy said, hey, look, I joined this program. I think it would be great for the Rising Sun, but we're trying to build. I knew nothing about service and giving back. And City Year gave me that first glimpse, and I haven't looked back since. That's amazing. Well, um, I've got a series of questions. So I want to give everyone a chance to answer any question they want to answer, but I also am a big believer in the fact that if you think everything's been said that needs to be said, I don't necessarily think that everyone has to say it. Mm -hmm. So let's just play it by ear and have a little bit of a conversation, and we'll, we, now that Mubarak got, got to go last, I'll try and bear you guys to go first. <laughs> and actually, your answer feeds right into the first question. Okay. So, um, which is, um, if everyone could just give me a one leadership skill um, that you that you actually developed during your time um, as a core member with City Year, um, and whether it's and how it still applies in what you're doing today. So you sort of ended with the mm -hmm. with the skill of service and yes. the broadest possible, but. Feel free to sharpen that a little bit um, for the question. So civic engagement is one of the things that I really, um, you know, built on or, like, learned more about. Uh, uh, social entrepreneurship is what we're a part of now with the Rising Suns and Echo and Green. And through City Year, uh, I had, came from Newark, New Jersey, I'd never seen people giving back to my community. Uh, I never saw young people doing any type of service. So one of the main things that I realized was that, each of us have to do our part, our part, no matter how young, how old, and that we should be doing it together. And City Year brought people from all different walks of life, different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, and they all were serving one purpose. And seeing the kids light up when they see these red jackets walk into the school, I realized, hey, we have to create an identity of change. And City Year was the first glimpse of that in civic engagement for us. And that's why I meant I haven't looked back since because I realized what we were doing was changing lives. Maybe 
maybe not uh, you know, saving people, you know, like the military saves lives, but we were saving people's minds and peace of mind um, if we can show them a way to be successful. Dan? Yeah, I mean, I think the the skill that I developed as a core member and I've, you know, used every single year in every role that I've played with City Year is just being a good teammate, learning how to be a good teammate and teamwork. I think prior to my core year, I mean, I had run track, I've been in groups and you know, function like that. But I think much of, you know, the work that you do outside of City Year can be very individualistic and you just apply your talents the way that you know how and kind of let everybody else do what they need to do. And if it fails, it fails. And if it succeeds, it succeeds. Uh, when you're talking about doing, like having a team that's meant to be serving students and making an impact on the lives of other people, the stakes are really high. Um, and you start to see the magic that teamwork actually applies to the lives of other people around you um, because, you know, I am limited in what my skill sets are, and each of us are, but together when we're working with one another, we can do something pretty magical for folks who you know, deserve that time and attention that we're providing them. So it's, I've had a couple of chances to talk about leadership today, and it, although it's, Sometimes when I say this, it seems counterintuitive. I actually think it's not counterintuitive. And I wish everybody had as fully developed a sense of the importance of teamwork as you just articulated. And the counterintuitive nature is that a lot of people, you know, they, when you say, what's a, it's a great leader. And you're, you know, you think about Jack Welch's and Ronald Reagan's and Barack Obama's, and you're sort of thinking about these dominant alpha personalities. Um, who, and the, the, and the great leader is somebody who, whose personal presence and personal capacity is driving change. Actually, I think that's wrong. I think, I don't think there's ever been a great leader who does everything by himself or herself. Mm -hmm. And that the truly great leaders have that sensibility that Dan just outlined that you can accomplish dramatically more through a team than anyone can do individually. So it's almost, when I say it, sometimes people sort of say, well, isn't it counterintuitive that a great leader is someone who does less? And it's not really doing less. It's using your leadership skills to develop a team that will do more than any one person can do, no matter how great they are. Mm -hmm. so, That's right. That's right. Um, Beth. I think going along with that, um, one of the things that I think I thought was important, you know, was to see these people that seemed like these amazing leaders, and I wanted to try and be like them. And I think through my city year experience and through working on a team, I was able to understand that it's really important to stay authentic to who you are as an individual. Um, I can't force myself to have attributes that just don't feel right for me. Um, and so for me, I'm a behind-the-scenes leader. I don't like getting up in public. I don't like, you know, I don't like being the voice. That's just not who I am, but I can get things done. And I can be, like, a great partner to somebody. And so I think Cityer really showed me that it's okay to, like, be that. And I can still work on those things that I'm not as naturally good at, but, um, but it's okay to stay true to who I am. Alex? Um, I'm going to use a little bit of city or lingo here. So um, I, I came into city as a big East. I was a huge visionary. I saw the big picture of things. And I became passionate and loved everything. Oh, my gosh, I'm excited. Then I realized that one of my flaws, even it messed me up a little bit in the city, is the fact that I saw the big picture but didn't think about all the detailed steps it's going to take to get to that big picture. 
And so a lot of that, you know, it, it, it affected me a lot in my first year as a team leader at that in City Year. But what was great, and to your point, Dan, about just the whole team thing, my uh, co-leader, my co-partner, she was a West. You know, so she was very detail-oriented and organized. So I just learned from her. So it became more of, like you said, this whole team thing where I knew that I needed to work on those skills because it wasn't more about me just improving my work here in City Year. It's like, these are the skills I want to take with me to be the, the non-profit leader that I want to be, and this is something I need to know. So I became really fond about the QDQ, and I, we still use that today. <laughs> I play boy, we call it play by play now on our own lingo. But um, it's um, one pagers. We don't start anything without one pagers. It's and sit here at first I thought it was gonna norm like why does here make us do one page before we do any events or ideas or why? But you don't think about it until you sit down and you do everything. You now know everything that's gonna happen before it even happens, and so I learned that and grew. To that, so even now, as a you know, in my own organization, we like I said, all the skills that we've learned, the techniques, um, the tools, I still use that into implementing our projects and programs even to this day. So I literally learned to become more detail oriented in my work, so I don't just jump into things <laughs> being all excited like I used to. I now, no, I still see the big picture, but now I think about all the steps it has to take in order for us to, to get there. So I definitely learned that, and that saved me to this day, <laughs> yeah. right. I think one of the things, particularly in reflecting on this question, was, and I didn't know it at the time, but my leadership style has been really ingrained because of the city year experience, was folks that I'm leading really creating space for them to grow mm-hmm. and for them to take risks and to make mistakes. Um, I think my sort of natural response is to do everything right, um, but when you're leading people, um, that's not how they're going to learn the best. And that, in thinking about the city year experience, city year is like, you get a lot of support. You have that team environment, right? So you you have the support, but it pushes you, right? You're sort of thrown in there, and that was my first foray into education, right? I was doing after-school programs. I was working with teachers during the school day, tutoring third graders, right, doing these community neighborhood events. I didn't really know how to do any of that, right? I was sort of learning as I went. And I think one of the most powerful memories for me was halfway through the year, my little team lit got not a very good review on the after-school program we were doing. But then we worked with our program manager and made the, made the changes halfway through and did a really great job in the spring. But if I learned, like, what was that, 13 years ago? Right? Like, that's a memory that I have, and I, th- I learned a lot from that. Um, and really all the teams that I've done from Citizen Schools to On the Road Collaborative, I'm working with the same sort of demographic in terms of that 18 to 24-year-old um, who are sort of aspiring leaders, aspiring educators. And what I really try to do is give them the space to I challenge them, give them maybe more responsibility than they're maybe quite ready for. But I find that's really where the learning is. Um, as long as there's that support around it, right, and, and that teamwork, everything that you're talking about, I found that to be a really important um, piece to that equation as well. So my, my next question is sort of two parts. Um, and I'm going to ask the hard part first, and we'll come back to the easier part. Um, and Beth, I'm going to go first with you here, so just so you can get a little okay. prepared as I, <laughs> as I set 20 seconds. As I, as I set this up. So <laughs> Chief Justice Roberts um, just gave a what I think has become a YouTube sensation high school graduation speech um, about in the last month. And if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to look it up. Um, his son, this is in a New Hampshire boarding school, I think, a New England boarding school. His son was graduating, which is how they got him. 
And in his graduation speech, he said that, you know, typical graduation speech are these uplifting, inspiring speeches, go out and save the world, and this is what you can do. And my central message to all of you is that, in the at least in the early part of your career, um, don't, be a pr don't be afraid to fail, because you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Um, he said it much better than I just did, <laughs> but it was an for me it was an amazing message in a graduation speech. And by the way, you could hear a pin drop through through his speech. I mean, he really had the kids and their parents in the palm of his hand. Um, so my question is, what's been your greatest disappointment or failure in your young career, mm -hmm. and what have you what do you think you've learned from it? I even gave you a warning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we were prepped for this question. <laughs> yeah. Man, my young career. I think if I, you know, I think I would have to go back to city year. Um, anyway, you can do disappointment if not failure. Failure may be too strong a word. <laughs> sure, right? sure, so sure. Um, I, I often said, you know, for years after I left City Air, when people would ask about, you know, my most treasured work experience, I said working on the Heroes program. Um, I felt like it was my baby. You know, we I got in at a point where when I was a core member, it was completely undeveloped, looked different from site to site. Um, and then when I became a staff member working on it, I was part of a task force of I think there were seven to ten of us from all the different sites that came together to standardize the program across all city or sites so that if you went into Philly or San Jose or Chicago, you knew what heroes meant. And yeah. I worked so hard on that. And um, it was just an amazing experience because of the people I was working with and the program that we were working on and the youth that we were serving. And, um, and so when you know, when I was developing it in Chicago, I think I wanted it to be more than I could make it be. And um, then when I found out that, you know, the program was sunsetting across the organization, I was really sad. You know, it's like that was something I worked so hard on and I thought that was going to last across all of City Year forever. Um, and I think it was, it was just a disappointment in general. I think I thought that if we had done it better, maybe it would have, maybe it would have stayed within the organization. I think now I have more context and I understand that resources need to be aligned for impact and you know all the wonderful reasons that Sidier had to move forward. But um, it was a disappointment. I worked really hard on it. So I actually think it's a great answer. <laughs> as you, as you, no, but as you think about it, from that, I mean, from that disappointment. Um, how do you, I mean, do you, how do you think that will influence what you'll do going forward? How's it work? Yes. I mean, how's it influencing? I mean, what you're I don't doing think I would have been able hub? to start the Big Citizen right. Hub if, mm -hmm. if it, the program had not been eliminated. Right. So the Adam, yes. I mean, Chief Justice Roberts sort of got it right. I'm being serious. I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, out of that disappointment, Comes, I mean, the passion was still there. Mm -hmm. You still believed in what the program was. You very mature to sort of understand may not be aligned with City Year, but you don't have to give up your passion. There's a there's something else you can work on that scratches the same itch, and you end up 
helping to create a program and being honored with an award for doing that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a good thing. Yeah. Right? And I would say that that's my biggest accomplishment. Okay. Yes. All right, so Brent, top that. You're a <laughs> biggest disappointment. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Sorry. I said it was a hard question. I know. So I, th I think mine, now that I've had three minutes to think about it, <laughs> I think mine was, so when I moved to Harrisonburg, I landed this job for program director to sort of start and build these 21st century um, after-school programs at three of the Harrisonburg city schools. And they didn't really exist, like sort of before that, it was um, sort of piecemeal and they, they got some federal funds to do some after-school programs, but maybe a teacher did this, a teacher did that, there wasn't anything systemic to really support kids um, and close the opportunity gap that we really see in Harrisonburg um, during the out-of-school hours. And so spent <clears throat> two years just going crazy, like building these programs up across three schools. Um, each school, I mean, we're a relatively small school division, so 6,000 kids, and we were at three, three different schools, and we had between 100 and 150 kids that come in three or four days a week. Um, um, participate in academics, career enrichment programming, leadership development, really had a lot of support from kids and families. And then I knew the last of these three grants was ending in that third year. And and again, I was so focused, and in hindsight, well, not, I don't know, it's sort of like the there's a silver lining in, in the story, but uh, that third year, I just went about my business like building, continuing to build these programs. Felt like we were doing a good job, we were still relatively new and really just focused on the kids and the families and, and the programming. But then we got to the end of that year and then there wasn't any funding anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the last of the grants has ended. And I had organized <coughs> along with the other folks involved with these programs, had organized kids and parents and other community members. We had upwards of 100 um, folks coming out to two different school board meetings. These are kids that wouldn't normally be there, like the idea of civic engagement and getting new voices to the table. And they came out because they cared about it, right? It meant something to them. And we failed miserably. Like we, <laughs> the school board actually wasn't very responsive um, and we didn't get funding to continue those programs. And so they just, Ended. So the lesson of the story is then to run for school board and be on school board. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> so that, Justice Rob, that is actually, that's actually what happened. So we didn't, I didn't like how that went down. I didn't like the, I thought I could do a better job in terms of being more responsive as a um, civil, civil servant and public official. And so ran for school board and then started this nonprofit on the road collaborative to sustain the work that we had started. Um, but yeah, we failed miserably in terms of getting the funding to sustain it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there were a couple good things, um, a lot of good things that have come since right. from that failure. Alex, um, uh, one of the things I've, I've I've dealt with is a lot of uh, not value myself, um, lack of value and, and confidence, and a lot of it came from my childhood. I mean, I dealt with a lot of you know neglect, abandonment, and abuse that. You know, did a lot with me as growing up and understanding where I, who I was as a person, understanding my value, um, and so it has affected a lot of my work as a leader, not believing in myself and not having the confidence in myself, um, and so a lot of the, the things that I could have taken advantage of or opportunities, I did not 
um, take advantage of. Um, and so, you know, I've realized, like, why am I keep hitting this wall? What is it? Uh, you know, recently, as I guess my age is coming in, I've just been doing a lot of thinking about this in my life and started doing more of um, understanding my past is not uh, it's not a handicap. It's not something that's an issue. It actually gave me the the strength and the courage and adversity to go through all this stuff that I'm going through now. Um, and so now I've realized that my past is not a mistake. It's actually more of a testimony. Um, I share my story a lot to the kids now, and I realize how much of an inspiration it's giving them just hearing where I'm at and where I'm going. And so now I've had to learn to just accept the fact that I should be proud of where I came from. And there's so much more of me to give, and there's so much of me of value that I can learn in myself. So uh, I've been learning a lot about just self-value and a lot of confidence in myself to just know that I can do this stuff. Because I, if I can't do it, you know, I'm going to be failing, moving the rest of my team. So i got to make sure I'm... Doing well, not just as a professional, but also with me personally as a as Alex PA, as well as just the you know the, just the work that I'm doing as well. So um, it's so funny because when I did City, I never shared my life story. <laughs> never yeah. shared my life story, but you know I was able to just to have adversity through everything I was going through, especially now in life, just knowing that it's something my past. So you know I'm just seeing this stuff as just more of a blessing than it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, Thinking about teamwork, so my first response is around teamwork. Uh, this struggle or failure is around relationships. Uh, so uh, relationships are the nexus of everything we do, whether it be between a member and a student, um, a core member and their impact manager, uh, an executive director and their board chair. I mean, rela- it's, it's relationships upon relationships upon relationships. And I think that when you're being asked to do a whole lot, which we do, we ask our members to do a whole lot, and you're, when you're leading, you're doing a lot, it's easy to put the task ahead of the relationship. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely a north on our leadership compass, so action-oriented. Um, and there are times where I've just, you know, completely blown by uh, some of the writing on the wall about how folks were feeling or about how something we were deciding on may uh, differently resonate than what we had intended to. Uh, and I mean, and each of you know, like when you make a decision, you see the ripples of that and you're like, oh, I just should have taken one more second to think about how a human being would have responded to this thing that I was doing. Um, and the best way to have that intuition is it's not magic, it's not intuition, it's you know the person, you know the people. I think as a leader, you're asked to not only be in individual relationships one-on-one, but with small teams, and then you know, as an executive director, I'm asked to be in relationship with our entire site, uh, to be in relationship with the entire Jacksonville community, and uh, that's a lot, and I think um, over this past year, I've really been reflecting on that a whole lot, and I think our team has done a whole lot of work to to see what relationships we need to develop with who and when and how in order for us to have the impact that we're actually looking to have. So mm-hmm. there is a ripple from that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I want to start off by saying, you know, I'm starting to grab this concept that there's no true failure if a lesson is learned. And I haven't seen, you know, Chief Justice um, speech, but I've heard the Jay-Z album. And, uh, you know, he said a loss isn't a loss if a lesson, you know, it's a lesson. And, you know, you have to appreciate your blessings. And that's a lot what I've been preaching to a lot of our young people. Um, I'm like Alex. I come from Newark, New Jersey. I come from, you know, violent neighborhood, um, you know, dysfunctional families. Uh, And one of the things that I really look at as a disappointment 
and we talk about this all the time. If we had like a rich uncle, we'll be good. We wouldn't have a fundraiser. <laughs> and you know, we wouldn't have a fundraiser. Like, we wouldn't have to worry oh about it. Um, and, I, and, you know, I used to get down on myself about that, not being born with, you know, the capital or the network to be able to just uplift myself and start a, start a uh, startup. Uh, and what I realized was that it was expectations. People walk around with expectations and they're disappointed when the expectation isn't met. But most times the expectations are built off imaginary, um, you know, facts. Stuff you build up in your mind that you're, if this works, then this is going to work, then that's going to happen. Um, and I realized that when one of our young people died. I felt we were doing great work. I felt like every person I would talk to and serve would make it. And I had to be realistic. And that was a major disappointment to see a 14-year-old man a young man that I worked with for years, um, you know, be murdered. And from this day on, I'm more realistic. You know, City Year made me an idealist. Now I'm a real idealist, you know, a realistic ideals and uh, passion. And, and it's kind of what you were saying with being a North. I was just go straight ahead. I thought it was going to work. We were doing everything right. And that was a disappointment for me when I realized that a lot of the things I put in my mind were expectations built off of no real facts or anything. And when I really started getting down to the people and really started communicating and, and uh, being one with my feelings there, I started to understand that I needed to get rid of the expectations and just take it as it is. And there isn't really any true failure. And I can learn from every lesson. I don't, I don't know that. Um, Chief Justice Roberts was quoting from the jail. <laughs> <laughs> but I now you got to go listen to the album. <laughs> but I actually think the two of them were making exactly the same point. And that's the point that all of you have made. And I meant when I said it's a, that's a hard question. It's particularly a hard question for young people. So I'm unbelievably impressed with all of your answers. I mean, I think you you've learned... You've learned that lesson unbelievably early in life. I mean, when you're 30 years old, <laughs> now you sort of, it's not what you're focused on. I mean, what you can't do and what you've learned from the things you have not been able to do. And you, it's yet another confirmation that you guys are going to do amazing things because it's, you got your heads, you all have your heads screwed on straight. So now I'll reward you with the easier half of this. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and that is, What's the single accomplishment of your life that you're proudest of? <laughs> Brett, we'll start with you. So I touched on it sort of as a part of the, the last question. I mean, I, I think mine they, is... They are questions of the other <laughs> side. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's permitted. I mean, that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was ever... One, I never viewed myself as somebody who would run for political office. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily view myself as somebody who would start their own nonprofit. Um, but then, like, you see a need in your community, um, and you think you can share your gifts and time and, and maybe some more productive ways that serve our community better, and then sort of making the decision to step out into that, not fully knowing how to do any of that. Um, and I think we ask our young people to do that all the time, right? We sort of push them and challenge them to do things that, like, I wouldn't be comfortable doing that, but, like, we're asking you to do it because sort of in your best interest. That's where you grow and, um, you know, challenge yourself. And so, you know, sort of three years into starting a nonprofit and, and running for political campaign, which I was successful with, like just the decision to go out on a limb and do those things 
regardless of what the ultimate outcome is on some of those things, I think that was, at this point, that's my greatest accomplishment. Alex? Um, I would say having a strong team. Uh, you know, start off with <laughs> asking Mu after I graduated. I asked Mu to come join me the year after. He said, okay. <laughs> I know he was himself into. Um, I was then, bored. <laughs> I was bored. So all I can say is the good, the good news is you count asking Mu to come and join you as your as one of your biggest accomplishments. Thank God he doesn't count joining you as one of your <laughs> I love that shade, Dave. I don't know how to take this. You're like rolling. I don't think he was saying, bring me on. I think the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone just appeared. Yeah, yeah. So this is a collective so It's Mubarak, but it's also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't done with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's also eight of there's eight other guys that that's with us. And, you know, we're talking these guys with us since the time we were in city year. Graduated city or some of them did city year with us and came with us afterwards. Some of them did city year after we finished city year and just enjoyed it. So the fact that we have a team that's just supportive of each other because I just tell you guys about my past, but we all and our team has a story to share. It's still going through a lot, so we became a support system for each other. Um, so honestly, I would say the biggest accomplishment. You know, guys know about nonprofits. It's not easy, and you know, trying to get a team. A strong team to stick with you. Volunteer. <laughs> He's a volunteer. It's, it's tough. So you know, we're talking about going on ten years, and I have guys on the team who's been around between three months all the way to nine years, and you know, they didn't have to stay around. I think the biggest accomplishment really was is to be able to to create a model where you guys want to stay, regardless of whatever you have to go through to build this thing up. They see the vision, they're a part of it, and they're going to go through, you know, whatever you have to, they're going to go through it with you. And, you know, I honestly can say, go back to your point, Dan, like, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today if I had had the team that were just back and support me, keeping me humbled and my head up on straight, um, especially during time of pressure and I feel like I'm not going to make it. You know, the, the guys are back here just to make sure I'm, I'm always got my head up straight. So um, I really say my team was the, the biggest accomplishment. So, I mean, same thing. My biggest accomplishment, yesterday I walked into Matthew's Arena, and we're getting ready for our opening ceremony, and I couldn't walk more than 10 feet without running into someone, not only someone who I know, like and I, we know each other, yeah. and we know of each other, but like somebody who was on my team like six years ago, <laughs> like, who are now like leading, you know, tens if not hundreds of people, and it's just touching to, as a young person to be a part of another young person's journey. It's just a touching thing. And to be able to be around and do this amazing work with such amazing people year after year and, and see that long-term impact that we're making by you know me sharing a little bit of myself uh, with some folks or as much of myself as I possibly could, um, challenge them, um, ask them, excited them to do likewise with other people. Um, and, you know, we am blessed to have folks who are serving as impact directors at various sites across the, the network, managers, team leaders, teachers, you know, like, and get the, the nice note and many, many job recommendations and references. And, like, I love doing all of that because, you know, who am I? Like, I'm just the person who said yes to, you know, like, leading you through an experience that I wanted to be a part of, too. So, Dan, an unbelievably uplifting answer, and it's really the reason why all of you have been selected for these awards, because you have, at an incredibly young age, you've had that kind of impact on so many people, so appreciate that. Thanks. Mo? Um, 
So it's not Alex. I was going to say, watch what you say. Because I'm next start to start year. Start to start I'm saying, you know, I'm going to love my mom. If I gave birth to her, that would be my birthday. If I gave birth to me. So, yeah. On my birthday this year, June 7th, 19, uh, well, tonight I'm giving you my birthday. Um, this year, June 7th, I actually gave the commencement speech at my alma mater high school, Radnor High School. Um, and you were Chief Justice Roberts. Yeah, that's why I was, I was like, well, why did they call me? It's on YouTube. I'm going to send it to you. Um, and, you know, that was, that was a major accomplishment because it encompassed everything that I've done thus far. Um, here it is. I graduated high school in 2006. I'm coming back to give the commencement There's speech. There's an element of that that is fundamentally depressing. And that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm battling with it. And, um, so, yeah, now I know I, I, it's over with. I blew my load. I can't come back. So I, I went there, and it was about, and I, I was talking to these high school students about what's next. And having just recently gone through that and done uh, the things I've done with Rising Suns and in the community, I mentioned this thing about sacrifice. And a lot of that, I had to sacrifice my old self who I was. You know, um, I used to have dreads for 13 years, and I realized that I was working, we were building something where we were helping young people transform their lives and become who they wanted to be or who they envisioned themselves being. And here it was, I was walking that walk. And standing on that stage in front of those young people that day, I realized now I am a focal point for others to now look at for change. And that's a, you know, a, a testament to what we've been doing as Rising Suns. So, you know, that accomplishment was great. My mom and my dad and my brother, who now is going off to college to play sports, I was the first person in my family to go to college and here it is now my mom got her bachelor's degree two years after me and my brother's off the of school so it's a trend now that we are a college family and more people will go so standing up on that stage and now telling other young people to do what I've done now uh, just showed us that we're headed down the right path and had it not been for the work we've been doing together I wouldn't have had that opportunity um, definitely starting Big Citizen Hub uh, has been my greatest accomplishment. Um, for some of the obvious reasons that I've already talked about, love the program, really want to provide the opportunity for <coughs> other youth. Um, but also I think it's validated my skill sets in a way that no other role has. Um, I, As I mentioned, I went to Boston University to get a master's in business and I was fish out of water. Um, I was not your like finance expert or accounting expert. Um, I didn't really think I was all that entrepreneurial, um, but I wanted to get the business skills I needed to make nonprofits more effective. Um, and while I was there, I took this course called Starting New Ventures, which I just, I was like, I should learn how to write a business plan, and, but I'm never going to start my own anything, you know, but you know, it's a cool skill. Um, and so then it was really funny when my business partner, Mario, asked me to, to help him do this. Um, 
I was like, yeah, I can, I can help that. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Like, I'll go five months unpaid, and we'll see what happens, you know? Like, because, you know, he wasn't, we weren't doing anything. We had no money. Um, and it, within a month, I wrote a business plan for Big Citizen Hub. I, um, we submitted something to get ourselves incorporated. Um, not incorporated. We have a fiscal sponsorship. Um, but essentially, we were able to start raising money within a month. And then within the next month, we raised $25,000 through a crowdfunding campaign. And then within the next six months, we raised $200,000 for the whole year. And I think I, I didn't realize that I had gained so much during my MBA. I didn't realize that I had like the tenacity to do something that difficult and the resilience to, <laughs> to be okay with it when we failed, when we had small failures along the way or when things took longer than we thought. And um, I think because of that, this has just been like a really interesting accomplishment for me on all different levels. Good. So I'm watching the clock, which I hope somebody should. So I'm going to do. I'm going to. But I'm going to. I'm going to close with one more question, um, and we'll just. But we, I think I've done a good job of dividing. So we'll go around the table again. We'll start with Dan. Um, and so the question is, what it means to each of you um, to be recognized with the Comcast NBC Universal Leadership Award, um, and. Um, I, I like the question, but feel free to comment what it means personally. I'm probably more interested in what, it think, what you think it means for your work. Um, but again, I intentionally phrase it generically, um, but probably I think more impactful how you think this will help you to grow your organization and grow yourselves in your continuing career to service. So, Dan? I mean, it, mean, it means a lot. It does mean a lot. I, um, I told a couple of folks I was walking in here. Um, I went through, and I'll talk about this a little bit in my comments today. Like, I went through stages of acceptance of this award. Um, I was not all that happy at first, uh, and not because it's not like it's a it's an incredible honor, right? It's an incredible honor. I've been a part of the organization. This is my ninth summer academy, so like. It's so great to hear all these stories of these leaders who have walked in the same place that I've walked in and, and done this work and have gone out and just done incredible things. It's just it's a complete honor. It's overwhelming. I'm incredibly touched by it. But at the same time, it's, you know, and as I'll say, like, there's not been a single day that I've done this that I've done it by myself. Uh, not one day. Um, and I've had incredible partners with me along the entire way, including my wife, who is a City Year alum who's working for City Year right now, right? Like, we, like, we, we do all this stuff together. Uh, so um, there is some conflict for me there. It's beautiful that the two of you are here together, right? Because you get to be on stage with your partner and you're talking about the stuff that you're doing. And, and you know, like, and Mario will be here for And it's nice that we're getting introduced by folks uh, because it shows the recognition of the relationships and the teamwork that's required in order for us to do the work that we're doing. Um, and then moving forward, I, mean, I just hope that you know, it continues to inspire folks who are serving with City Year, you know, folks like you who have been in the core, uh, to continue to work, do your best every single day. Uh, and you know, every once in a while, you get recognized uh, for doing it in some way that you couldn't fathom and, and are humbled and grateful by. Yeah. Uh, means a lot to me as well. I mean, I, I think um, City Year is like where it all sort of started for me. I was a finance degree, sort of on track to be a financial advisor, and then I did City Year. 
um, and everything changed. And I think I don't know whether it was north, south, east, or west. <laughs> <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of the opposite of that. Sorry about that. Maybe it's like northwest or southeast. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Sorry. Well, I've poured my life into social justice work and education and, and serving young people, and it's just a nice gift to – it's a really special gift to be affirmed in the work that you do every day. Um, and then I think in terms of, like, career-wise – I think whenever, I mean, starting a nonprofit and building the brand and building the name, it adds a level of credibility um, that I think is pretty unique and special as well that I think will serve On the Road Collaborative and the young people we serve in Harrisonburg. And, I mean, our, our hopes are to expand throughout Virginia as well. So. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, for one, I and I probably repeating some of the things I'll be saying tonight too, but it's uh, it's really humbling to be – uh, honored and, and nominated by people who I admire um, in my life, um, and and I think as as adults, um, it's rare that we get recognized for the work that we do, and I really appreciate that. You know, we all work really hard, and while everybody can't get an award, um, I I recognize that too, um, but I I very much do appreciate it. Um, I, I have to agree. Um, I think you know. As starting a nonprofit, you know, any kind of recognition that we can show that that we've received is incredibly valuable, especially from you know an amazing company. Um, and you know, I'll look forward to you know adding that to our brand as well. Good. You know, it's funny because uh, I remember my first year in city year I actually came I was at Academy and I met Dan and you actually were speaking Dave and it was interesting <laughs> for me because it's like wow little I'd known that years down the line that <laughs> I would be here and coming back and like I saw Dan we just oh my gosh good to see you and I saw my old crazy team <laughs> leaders like oh my gosh from, Acad from Academy it's like oh you're still here wow so <laughs> But it was just way, like, they haven't left at all. I know they <laughs> haven't. They have here. They, they have into Northeastern. <laughs> right here yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like for this moment. It seems like it. Um, so just coming back here, um, just to to get this award, um, it means a lot knowing a lot that you know. Um, I came in here. With, like I said, I was a visionary, and I literally thought the thing was going great. And, you know, when I applied for a second year and I didn't get it at first, they said, we'll put you on the holding waiting list. It's like, what do you mean you put it on a waiting list? <laughs> and so it's like, we got to see what you can do. And so I pushed even harder, 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 worked better and better and better. And my opinion was like, we're proud of you. You did it. Congratulations. You're going to join. So it was like this whole big emotional feeling I got. And it made me proud of City Year. I'm being proud of just wearing a red jacket. And so, um, you know, just leaving and continuing on my service, especially being part of Echo and Green, I really, look up, I really look up to Mike Brown and his, you know, and his, this is his vision and his work. And I study a lot of what City Air has done, especially now running my own. I'm like, well, what would Mike do? What would Mike do? <laughs> so I have those little, you know, times in my, in my mind when I do that. And so just getting this award means a lot to me. Uh, this says a lot about just what City Air thinks about us and our work. Um, especially seeing the seniors watching us, even though <laughs> that's the thing, like seniors always watch, you never know. Seniors watching, you don't think they are. They're watching you. Um, and this says a lot about just how so much they support um, our work. And so, continuing on, 
I'm hoping this award allows us just to open up more relationship with City Year headquarters and help happen. Mark and I do a lot of work with City Year Philadelphia and the core members in the schools. And I want to see how we can bring this work in supporting a lot of this what City Year is doing around the whole network. And um, as well as um, building a relationship with you, Mr. Cohen, and Comcast. <laughs> we're in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you. Uh, yes, I'm going to be up with you. Like, I definitely want us to meet and talk to you. Put that contract on the table. Table on there. <laughs> It's okay. It's all recorded too. It's against it. said it, but no. But this is seriously. This because we're in Philadelphia. One of the, one of the perks of being a Comcast <laughs> NBC Universal Leadership Award winner should be a free pass to a meeting with me whenever you want. I. It's what? like we're all. It's all right. Listen. I, as long as we're the first ones. As long as we're the first ones. But, um, but I, that's the biggest thing. I'm actually sincere in my invitation. So I mean, all right. Very Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I get so um, you get the last word. Yeah, the last word is going to be the same as his word because um, this now is the validity of our work. You know, we, we're young guys doing this work, nonprofit, trying to help the community, like City Year and these other great nonprofits in the area that we serve have been around for longer than we've been alive. So uh, I think this award really just gives us that validity that we're uh, consistent, that we're going to keep serving, um, that we're a part of this great network. And me personally, you know. I'm usually, I'm following Alex to the end and beyond and infinity <laughs> and beyond. And, uh, it's always good. And I'm, I'm, I'm right behind him. And I never really look up for accolades and things like that. So when we do get these moments, we try to appreciate them and just appreciate the work that we do on a day-to-day um, because obviously someone's watching. Great. So I will, all of you have teased us with some of your comments from tonight. I'm going to say something that I say frequently (laughs) at these ceremonies, and I will say tonight as well, um, which is one of the reasons, one of the major reasons why Comcast NBC Universal invests in these awards. Um, And I sense in all of you appreciate your gratitude, but there's a, you're all, you all have your head screwed on straight, as I said. There's a little bit of awe in this, and there's probably a little bit of discomfort at being elevated in in this way when you know so many other young people are also doing great things. And so, yeah, one of the reasons we do these awards is to elevate you, um, and because we're in awe of what you're doing, and if you're a little uncomfortable with it, that's okay. You deserve, over the course of your careers, my prediction is you're all going to feel a little uncomfortable at times because you're all going to do great things and you're going to get recognized for that. And that's clearly one of the reasons we do this, because we want you to feel appreciated and to know, as you said, the people who you respect have picked you out of the crowd and said, these are people who deserve to be recognized and to be honored. But the second reason we do it may be even more important. And Alex, I mean, I hate to say this, it may come to you from your experience in Summer Academy, which is we want to inspire the next generation of you to say one day I could be up there. I could be getting these awards. And here we've got 1,400 city year leaders from all around the country. And we want, we want them to think, what do I have to do in my life that one day I could be up there and getting one of those awards? And it's, it's one of the simplest and most efficient ways that we know of to drive service entrepreneurship after city year. So I thank you for letting us use you as examples to inspire others to follow you 
a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, and you should know that as that happens, that's get, that gets onto your impact scorecard. You're, you're get, you get credit. You get credit for that future impact that comes from inspiring others to follow in your footsteps. So thanks very much. I'll Thank you. Thank look you. forward Thank to spending you. more time with you over the rest of the evening. <laughs> and my invitation is sincere. Yes. Good. I'm looking okay. forward to it. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>